Well, if you've been putting off trying to buy your first home, today's episode's not going to make you feel any better. Lily's 19 and bought her first house. Time for all of us to live in regret. Let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome to a super fun episode of How to Buy a Home. Here I am, 52 years old, thinking that I should be telling everybody how to buy a home, and I'm scrolling through TikTok, and I see a 19-year-old telling everybody how to buy a home. Now, we interviewed Cortland in the past, and he bought his own house, but he did it to put a motorcycle in it and have awesome parties. He seriously (laughs) parked his motorcycle in the living room. Lilith had a plan. And I am so impressed with her that I messaged her on TikTok, and here we are. So Lilith, say hi to everybody and tell us your story. Hi. So my name is Lilith or Lily. I'm 20 now, but when I bought my house, I was 19. It's been a plan kind of forever. I've always been very like, I need to save all my money. There's something that I'm going to do. I'm not really sure, but I want to be smart about it. And then when I got to college, also during a pandemic, my freshman year, I graduated high school in 2020 and then went to college. Did you have a remote graduation? I'm going to interrupt you a million times. You're Just fine. Go You're fine. I did actually. I had actually moved towns during COVID because we were going to wait until after I graduated. And then we were like, well, uh, let's move some stuff. Let's move a little bit of this. And then in like April, all of our stuff was in our new house. And we were like, uh, okay. So I had to message the school and I ended up graduating in my boyfriend's driveway. Our principal drove around to everybody's house and hand delivered our diplomas. And I graduated in a class of 500. So it was actually a lot better, I would say, than regular graduation. So it was fun. And it was like the first COVID summer. So people were a little less scared and a little less nervous. So everyone was over and everyone was having a good time. And it was fun. You said that you've been thinking about this for forever. Girl, Mm -hmm. you bought it 19 and you're 20. Tell Mm -hmm. us when you really started thinking about this. Yeah, we closed in January of 2020. So that was my second semester, right before my second semester of my sophomore year, because I knew I wanted to live off campus my junior year. And, you know, after looking into a lot of different loan programs and like what I had to do, it really made a lot of sense to find a home that I could put like a small percent down on and be able to live there and also rent it out. Because in college, everybody has roommates when they move off campus. Everybody needs to live with other people. Rent prices are insane around campus because It's a lot of people who own 40, 50, 60 properties who are just renting out bedrooms and houses for like thousands of dollars a month. And the apartments that are right near campus are like 2000 a month for a one bedroom that you have to share with somebody. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I started to think about it. And I was like, it's kind of less expensive to buy a house. It's not kind of girl. Let me just input my 52. It's not kind of... Yeah. Okay. Now on your TikTok though, you talk about the fact you mentioned side hustling during high school, which Mm -hmm. is like trying to get TikTok to eat spinach and liver and onions. But what was your intention when you were side hustling in high school? Because it sounds like this housing idea formatted during that freshman year. Yeah. It formatted around during there, but through high school, my thought was that I 
wanted money to do my own things. And I never wanted to really be stressed about it. Cause I'm also, I'm an only child. My parents were divorced when I was young. So it was kind of like, I was on my own for a lot of things. Not that my parents couldn't support me, of course, but it was more like once I got a car, like I saved my money so that I could buy a car. And then once I had my car, I was like, well, I don't want to make my parents pay for my gas. I need some money for gas. And then I need some money to hang out with my friends. And I just never wanted to be stressed about that. I never wanted to be worried about that, especially because I know I want to be a teacher. That's my like end goal in life. I'm going to school for teaching. So I knew my salary isn't going to be the biggest in the world. So I've always kind of had that idea of when I can save money, when I can be making money for something that doesn't take too much of my time and something that I could do really quickly, something that I could spend a couple hours a week on that would make me some extra money. That was kind of my intention the whole time, kind of just making sure. That's incredible. Okay, Lily, here's the deal. So I have a few different social media posts that I'm putting out there. I'm a middle-class kid from Orange County, not to mention the fact I'm a white man living in Southern Mm -hmm. California growing up in the 80s, which was (laughs) awesome for privilege, terrible for wardrobe and my hairdos. Oh my God, it was awful. But I understand that I'm privileged. So a lot of my friends will be potentially maybe their parents are going to help them out at some points in their life. So I have talked on social media about talking to your parents about helping you out with down payments and things like that. What's interesting is I get so many typewriter trolls and haters like must be nice for you, dude. Must be easy. Just ask your parents. Yeah. (laughs) So what I heard from you is something that I need to intake and make sure that I share with other people. You realized you were going to go into a low-paying job. You were an only child of divorced family, and you wanted to go ahead and start providing early. So to the people who think that I'm not in touch with them, so here's Lily, and I think that the next step is if you're a person who isn't going to be able to borrow a down payment from anybody, here's what's awesome. You have already learned how to be self-sufficient, how to be independent, how to pay for your own way. All we need to do now is figure out how to adjust the budget so that you're not wasting money on rent. But that was really enlightening to me. Thank you so much. Okay, so you knew you needed to save the money. So you became a bit of a hustler because you saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm also, I grew up in Connecticut, which is kind of like more well-off state. I grew up in like the middle class and... Like, obviously, like I had birthdays and things where people gave me money and Christmas and holidays. And my mom is the sweetest woman in the world. So she would always supply my coffee dates if I needed it. But obviously, I had things like that. But it was really important to me to, you know, both address that. Like, yes, I did have every so often, like birthday, Christmas, things like that, that I did have family members who were very kind and kind enough to give me some money for things like that. I was also pretty driven since I was young to save my own money, to have my own things, to be able to pay for my own stuff, which I always found very important. It was neat to hear you because I'm watching your TikToks and you're going through the same thing I'm going through, which is random people being very loud and saying things to you. And that's fine. That's great. People have opinions. Wonderful. But the message is really interesting to me, whether it's a giant side hustle or a small side hustle, that the beginning of the understanding is a book I tell all my listeners about called The Richest Man in Babylon. Super simple, easy read. It's like a biblical parable. It's really easy. And the concept is 70-10-10, that 
the minute you start making money in life, 70% is what you live on. The other 30% you divide into three different categories of saving, investing, and in the book, the last 10 is charity. But I know people that live 93, 32, 334. That would be good math, David. But starting in high school can get you there. So then I think that mindset probably helped you. So you went to college and you wanted, how far was college? Was living off off campus imperative or something you wanted to do? It was more something that I wanted to do. I haven't been like saying my specifically where I go to school and exactly like where the property is located just for like some privacy reasons and the people who live there and things like that. I mean, from your house, as opposed to living at home, you needed to live near campus or you just wanted. Yeah. So when I went my freshman year, a lot of people were denied on campus housing because of COVID. But yeah, it's all in Connecticut. So since I was an in-state student, I was offered on-campus housing. And so I went because I wanted to go to college and the living experience was a little bit tough, I guess, to say the least, because it was COVID and it was a lot of like, don't leave your dorm room unless you're going to go get food and then come right back. And everyone was like, what? And so I did enjoy living on campus. And then my second year, my sophomore year, I also kind of had to live on campus. But then I decided I wanted to move off campus. And my home, like where I live with my parents currently is like over the summer and stuff is about an hour. So it's not awful, but it is generally really close. And it's really easy to like get up to the properties over the summer if I'm not going to be there, get up to do things that I need to do and get stuff done. Okay. So at that point, then you started thinking about it. So where did you get your numbers? Where did you realize, oh my gosh, maybe I'll buy some place by campus. Like, let's get into the nitty gritty. Tell the folks how you got started, who you called, what you did. Give us your game plan. I asked my parents because I wanted to kind of see their thoughts on that. And then my stepdad ended up co-signing for me so we could qualify for a better property, a better interest rate and things like that. But we found a real estate agent in the area and we were looking around. And the second that I said that I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a house. My boyfriend is on Zillow every day. Like, you should buy this house. You should buy this house. And like sending me like every Zillow link. So we had a lot of input on where, what, how big, how much, whatever. And I eventually I contacted my mortgage company, which is First World Mortgage in West Hartford, Connecticut. They have a lot of branches around the state and they were super helpful. And they kind of showed me my options as a student, like what I could qualify for, what does your stepdad need to co-sign? Does he not need to co-sign? Will it help you with your employment history? Like those sorts of things. And they really kind of like walked me through the process of what makes the most sense for you for the least amount of money or like how much you have to put down. That's a huge difference, Lily. Just what I tell people all the time. If you go to the big online guys or you go to someone that doesn't have your best interest at heart, they're going to take all your information, give you a number and then say, go to a realtor. That's a pre-approval. What you got to do is pre-planning and see all your options. That's awesome, Lily. Yeah, my mortgage company, I love them. They're a local lender. I stop by every once in a while to like talk to people who I made friends with. And it's really great. They were really, really, really helpful. And they really broke down every single option that I had. And I learned a lot through the whole process. That's kind of what made me want to like start a TikTok account and kind of share some stuff. I'm not licensed in anything. So it's what my experience was and what I found. And I've been doing YouTube for years. And there's some couple that talks about how to live their best life. And they tell you how to wrap Christmas presents, hang wallpaper. And their episode on how to buy a house has like 100,000 more views than mine. 
Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> People like to hear from you. But I think what's cool about that message is you don't know your options until you ask. And I think people just think that, like I have an analogy where I say, people think that when you buy a house, you go to a bank and they give you $100 and you all put $100 in your pocket and then you go into Target and you buy something for $100. Or if the guy gives you $150, then you get to buy something for $150. That's not true. When you go to the lender, they could give you $50 here and $100 in a loan. They could be moving money around this way. Everyone's pocket is filled with a different option. So that's the cool thing. I hope that people get on your TikTok, which is CT Young Homeowner. That's at CT Young Homeowner. I'll put it in the notes and I'll hit her up on my TikTok too. But that's a really cool thing that people can understand is that you have the options. So you got the options, you figured out with dad, with stepdad, without stepdad, and you decided that the co-signer was the better option for you. Let me ask you this. Was stepdad more interested in it because you did the house hack? That's what people want to know about. You did the house hack. You're having other people pay for the mortgage, right? Yeah. He was very interested in it. He was for it from the beginning. I like, he had mentioned it to me in the past. Like, oh, maybe when you go up to school, this might be a good idea. And I was like, okay. And then it <laughs> didn't think about it. And then I started to think about it some more when I was actually up there and with the whole on-campus living situation. And I was like, this is a great idea. And he was like, all right, great. Yeah, this is cool. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so I was really fortunate that my parents were, my stepdad especially because he co-signed, but my parents were super, super supportive throughout the whole thing. They were all for it and like helped me do everything up there if I need help. And that's something too is like, when people are like, oh, it's nice to have free labor. Like, you don't have to pay people to do those things. And it's like, well, I mean, my mom helps me mow my lawn. Like, that's really nice that she kind of helps me do those sorts of things. But I love that people think property management is the expensive part is mowing the lawn. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> the, the labor's easy. Yeah. Like, I bought the lawnmower on Facebook Marketplace. I swear. It's not like. <laughs> Okay, so then without getting into too many details, did you guys do 20% down payment or an under 20% down payment? We did under, so we were around five, I'm pretty sure. 5% down payment. That's yeah. incredible. And now mm -hmm. who lives there? You and how many other roommates? So the way it's set up is we got very, very lucky with the property. It kind of has like two separate living spaces for on the same property, it, like we had to go through like some things to make sure that that was true and it wasn't two separate properties and the legal sort of stuff. But we have a family living in like the big portion. Were they there before? No, I found them. So you bought a place that's basically a duplex, but it was vacant. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've got family living then, and then are you mm -hmm. doing the college life in your single area? Let me guess. You have 14 roommates. No, we ended up not needing that many, but yeah, that's the plan is that like the smaller section is where probably like me and my boyfriend are going to move into. And then we still have some time to kind of figure that stuff out. There's still people like looking for off-campus housing. We do need to like change something up or like switch roommates or who lives where. We still have a lot of time to get that done. Couch bed, baby. Couch I know. <laughs> that's what that yeah. I tell people all the time. I mean, I have a whole episode where I talked about this. I pushed buying those properties that, like you said, are so expensive. I pushed buying near college campuses all the way back in 2011 when the market was tanked and everybody said I was crazy and nobody did it. And if they did right now, the $400,000 condo near Southern California is worth about a million bucks right now. And it was worth 700000 in four years because the market went back up. 
But the thing I tell people is, what is the necessity of the living arrangements? Like, have you been to a dorm? You don't have to do much to rent an off-campus. It doesn't have to be HGTV, baby. <laughs> when I was talking to my stepdad, because since I go to the school, I have access to all the Facebook groups, all that sort of thing, which is another benefit of buying your, your own college campus is you know the market, you know those sorts of things. You can talk to your peers before you post something online and those sorts of things. But he was like, I don't know what should we list it for? Like, do you think that's not like whatever? And I was like, I know people who lived with holes in their roofs and eight roommates and like people had to hide when the landlord came because there was 12 people living there and there's four people on the lease and they let the pipes freeze and all that sort of stuff. And it's insane. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So what's your projection now between the rent that they're paying and how much rent do you have to kick in. Just give me the simple math. I think in the end, it's like when you add and subtract everything, it's about like, I think it's slightly under 2000 a month that we profit. That you profit. Yeah. That you profit. Okay. I could okay. be a little bit off, but. Okay. So 5% down, let's say your mortgage is, how much was the home? I think we went 285. So you got about a 250 mortgage. So that's probably, and then do you know what you're charging the family? Yeah. So I think we, total we get in is about 2,400 a month, like with everybody who's going to be there. We got very, very, very lucky with the tenants that we found, like the people that we ended up renting to in the bigger space, like had a lot of pets and they were very, very Oh, well, like you can have any sort of deposit that you need. Like here is, we're very willing to like work with you guys. And we found people in between to rent for like a couple of months who just needed a place to stay. And like, it worked out just kind of perfect for us, which is very lucky that we closed in January and then had like one or two people in there between then and like when the next semester would start, when people would start renting again, which was very, very lucky. I just for fun ran a quick calculation and your mortgage payment, including everything is probably like 1900 to 2000 bucks. Yeah. And you're getting 24,000 from those people, which basically means you're living in your place for free. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's incredible. I hadn't expected it to go like this. I wasn't really sure. And I just knew that we had, I had enough to do it and see what happens. I also have enough to pay rent and like with my home situation and like my parents being divorced, there's like a lot of like who pays for school and like those sorts of things that it's like, I don't have to worry about that. And like, I had my own student loans for a bit. So like, I wasn't too stressed about it, but I also was like, well, if I get to live there for free, I don't know, like this is kind of a crazy situation. What should we do? And it's- Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's incredible. So obviously the whole process was new to you. Was yeah. there any part of the process that I know you're helping people on your TikTok? Is there any part of the process that surprised you or you weren't ready for or like stuff that you felt like I'm really glad I prepared for this? Just well, tips and tricks and hacks for other people. I think the biggest thing was that when we uh, did the loan, we had a seller credit. Because the seller really wanted to get rid of the house. I think she was one of the people who had like 30, 40, 50 properties who just was like done with it and didn't want it anymore and that sort of thing. So we got lucky there too. But we got a seller credit, which I didn't know existed. Like when we were putting in the offers and stuff, that was an option. And I was like, I mean, I guess, okay. 
that's not been a thing in this competitive market. That was a thing six, seven years ago. So that's very fortunate. Yeah, it was super, super fortunate. So that was a big thing that I was very unaware of until recently. And then a lot of the different programs I was pretty unaware of. And you know what benefits you have as a student and the fact that buying for me, buying right now, even if I had less money and I could put less down or something like that makes a lot more sense than waiting till I graduate because it's easy to have roommates now. If like my employment history doesn't qualify me, there's ways that like two years of school transcripts can qualify me to like have enough work history. And yeah, there's a lot of things like that that I was completely unaware of. If you have a certain loan program where I'm making a a TikTok about this soon, but if you have a certain loan program where you need to sign the owner occupancy agreement, where you need to live there for one year in college, you live with roommates anyway. It's not weird to have bought a house and then find roommates. It's not weird to have asked your friends to kind of be like, hey, I'm buying this house, but if you want to live there too, that's cool. You just have to pay me. It's not a weird situation. Whereas if you're in your 25 and you buy a house, you ask your couple of friends who may also just want to have their own house if they want to live with you. And then if you're looking for an investment property and you can't live there, then you have to put like 20% down instead of a lower percent. It was just those sorts of things that I was like, oh, I had no clue that this was an option. I didn't know that this was something that you could do. And it wasn't until I went through all this. It's crazy because I've been telling people this for years and I think it's perfect plan. The problem is you're 16, 17 years old. You're trying to figure out where you're going to go to college. Then you're trying to figure out what your major is. And then someone says, great, now buy a house. I get it. It's a lot. But if 25-year-old you could look back at 19-year-old you, it would say, hey, Just so you know, you're never going to have a time in your life where you have built-in roommates that not only they're paying, if they can't pay, they have a loan that's going to pay for it or their parents are going to pay for it. I mean, it's foolproof roommates. People ask me about house hacks all the time. And I'm like, your greatest house hack was if you're at a four-year university behind you. When I first had brought it up, I would say, oh, well, I think I'm going to buy. And they were like, rent? And I was like, no, I'm buying the house. And they're like oh, okay. And then they would kind of begin to ask me, start to ask me. And then I'd be like, you're gonna spend more. Cause like people who are like, well, my parents aren't paying my rent. My parents aren't like, my parents aren't finding the house for me. I have to do this all on my own. And I would be like, well, what I spent on the house was like less than if you had to spend this much a month on a rental. And that's not utilities. That's not any other things that go along with the house. And they were like, really? And I'd be like, yeah. And then they would kind of be like, okay, well, I'm not doing that though. And I was like, okay. But it was that sort of back and forth that I would see the light bulb go off and then then be like, well, that's too much. I'm not dealing with that. I was like, okay. (laughs) The hard part is explaining to people, you know, I've been saying this for years now that when you go to college, you figured out how to do a first, a last and a security deposit and rent. When you moved out of your parents, you figured that out. Okay, I'm going to tell you the same thing, except the first and last might be twice as much I'm not talking $30,000. I'm talking instead of $5,000, maybe you need 10. And so if you start thinking about that, your junior year and of high school, and it's the same thing as a first and last in security, it's just a little bit bigger. And then you go through the loan process. And then here's the kicker. Everybody in college right now is freaking out because the news is telling them that we're heading into a recession. Everyone's worried about the job market when they graduate. 
wouldn't it be lovely that $1,000 a month that you spent for four years that it went to something that gave you some security when you graduated? Yeah, exactly. That's a big part of it too. Like every time I'm stressed about something, it's like, okay, well, regardless, I'm going to have a place to live. Like I don't have to uh, stress about that. Yeah. You're going to have a place to live with passive income. Yeah, exactly. So I was going to say, meanwhile, your classmates are going to be asking you if they can mow your lawn because they need extra money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, that was the thing with like, I just knew since I was young, I wanted to be a teacher. So that's always been something that's been a little bit stressful for me, just kind of like knowing that maybe I'm not going to be a millionaire, like I'm just gonna be a teacher. Then I kind of realized it doesn't have to be one or the other, which is no, it doesn't. And you will be a millionaire. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have already started and you and I are going to stay in touch because I have a huge affinity for educators. And I believe that they should be paid four times what they're being paid right now. (laughs) It's very similar to the real estate industry. The real estate industry is getting paid enough, but I believe the bar should be set higher for entry. I think it's the same thing for teachers. Raise the bar for entry a little bit, make it a little harder to become one because that's the only way it'll justify the politicians and people to pay them more. But I think people don't realize that, and this goes a little bit off my stuff and into the investor stuff. Most people think the way to become a millionaire is to figure out a way to get a job to make more money. And the opposite is true. The way to become a millionaire or to just be financially free, I don't care how much money you make. I just want you to be happy. And the way to do that is not to think I have to make more money. It's I have to make the most of the money I have. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's kind of always how I've thought, just kind of in the high school way of, oh, maybe I'm not going to go to the mall this weekend. Like, oh, maybe I'll buy coffee once a week instead of it just kind of has been the mindset that I, I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know why it's the way that I think, but it was and it worked. So I'm very that's thankful incredible. for that. To everyone out there who's telling you, because I even saw on your TikTok, people like, I want to travel. I want to do stuff. Here's what's cool. You're going to be a teacher. You're still going to trust me. I'm 52 and I love my vacations and I loved them in my 20s and 30s. You're going to have summers off with so much financial security when you're 25, 26. Oh, my God. You know what it's like to be 25 years old in Italy? Yeah. Greatest. It's just the best. 18, yeah. you don't even know what you're doing yet. I'm like, well, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going to be there with money. So mm-hmm. and uh, not needing to beg to take time off. Yeah, exactly. And I think I made a TikTok about that. Like someone said that. And then I was, yeah, I was like, let me think about the math on that. And I was like, you make all your money back, basically. And then you can be making money while you're away. I tell people all the time, it's $2,000 a month for the average two-bedroom apartment. Now, if you want to say I have a roommate, cool. But that's $12,000 a year from 20 to 25. That's a lot of vacations. And if you're paying yourself, or in your case, making cash flow, then when you're 25, that's going to be an incredible place for you to be able to do some amazing things. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited for that sort of, that aspect of the freedom. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, I decided to do a whole podcast on the college thing because I realized that it's time for me to talk about that. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. It's crazy. I was taking notes while we were talking, but I've also decided that we're going to do a check-in with you. So (laughs) so we'll wrap this one up for today and we'll check back with Lily in six months or a year. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for your time, Lily. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. You too. Thank you. All righty. 
I got to tell you, the more time I spend doing this podcast and talking to young people who are so impressive, the absolute worse I feel about my 20s and my 30s. And I'm getting older, so you're making me feel like I really blew it in my life. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate that. That was awesome, Lily. Incredible. Now, there were tons of great hacks in there, and it was a really, really neat interview. Definitely lots of tasty wisdom nuggets. Some of my favorites that she talked about was potentially using your school credit for helping you with your job history when you're looking to qualify for a loan. One of the other things that she definitely talked about was that having roommates is totally normal in your 20s. So landlording is kind of a simple, natural transition, actually. And one of the many other things she said that I really thought was something important and hope that you heard was that she said, oh, I had no clue any of this stuff was an option until I went through this myself. Yes, that's why I do the podcast so that whenever you're getting ready to do this, you're not going to say, oh, I had no clue this was even an option. Another great nugget that she had was when she mentioned that the mortgage broker was a monster help to her, not the bank and not an online lender, but the mortgage broker. And I know that she utilized the cosigner. And so I want to make sure I say, I understand this is not an option for everyone. I'm not sitting here saying, hey, just do this. It's easy. No, I understand. I get it. So please don't be a hater and get pissed off at me when I mention some of the things that certain people can do, like using a cosigner. I'm here to help everyone. I want you to understand that once you start your plan and you find out where you are, everyone's going to have a different path and everyone's going to have different options. But the key is, if you just sit back and try and do it on your own, you're never going to find out about things. Now, maybe you find out you can't use a cosigner, but maybe you find out you can use down payment assistance programs is what they're technically called. Maybe you find out that you can use a low down payment program or some of the other first time buyer advantages that are out there for you, but you're never going to know unless you ask. The worst thing that can happen if you ask about this is find out where you are exactly today and then you get a roadmap to help you get to where you want to go. Look, don't worry about it. If you don't have the options that Lily has, she made us all feel bad. But the thing that she did was she took her options and she ran with it. But keep in mind, everybody's going to have their own options out there. But you got to find out where your starting line is to figure out how to get to where you're going. Wow. Lots of traveling metaphors today. I think the biggest piece of wisdom that I just want to make sure that everybody hears is understanding the entire college landlord thing. Hey, if you can't pull it off in college right now, or if maybe you've just graduated, maybe you've missed it. I know that many of you are hanging out there still living what I'm definitely going to call a college lifestyle, right? You're just barely adulting. You got an apartment with your roommates who are all pretending every single day. You get up and you put on your clothes for work and it's like putting on a costume. I know. I see you out there. Look, trust me, that might as well be a dorm, that apartment that you're all living in. So go ahead and take the lessons from Lily and you can use it in your 20s or for some of you, maybe even into your 30s. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm speaking to all of you, those of you who are having trouble adulting and living a college lifestyle well past your graduation day. But what I'm going to do, since I just insulted you for the last 30 seconds, is I'll talk to everyone like you're 16 years old, okay? And then everybody uses this information like you're a 16 year old getting ready to buy while you're in college. And if you're out of college, you can use this information to own that apartment that you and all your 20-something friends who are living your stunted adolescence while you're hanging out all the time, fighting off adulthood with every fiber of your being, okay? 
So this is for everybody, but for the sake of argument, I'll act like I'm talking to a 16-year-old. I probably have one 16-year-old out there who listens to me. I'm going to call him Steve. Hi, Steve. I assume that's your name, right? Let me tell you, college is crazy and things are going to start happening really fast for you. One day you go from your parents' house and then all of a sudden you're in a dorm and then maybe you're off campus living in your first apartment ever. And here's the deal with apartments. They always come with roommates. It's college. Everybody has roommates. As a matter of fact, Steve, you're going to find out college has built-in renters. And you know what? They don't need a fancy place. No DIY, no HGTV. College kids have very low standards, and they don't need a lot of space. You can fit dozens of them in a four-bedroom place. Have you ever been in a dorm? So if you can find a way to just buy a regular old standard place and shove five to ten of your fellow students in there, they're going to pay your mortgage for you. And by the time that you graduate, you're going to have gigantic options. There. See how that worked? Lily had a sweet plan. She ended up buying her place and closed between semesters during her sophomore year. So maybe like a year and a half of living in the dorm. And then instead of moving off campus with roommates, with all of them paying a landlord for that privilege, she freaking bought the place and she became the landlord. And now her roomies pay her. So the moral of this is philosophically, there's a really cool piece to this story that I hope you guys heard as well. I'm talking to everybody now, not just my 16-year-old buddy, Steve. If you are thinking or you know someone who's thinking, man, what are you talking about? I'm young. I'm not doing this now. I don't even want to think about that. I just want to live my life. Boomer, chill. Okay, look, hear me out. This is not about sacrificing and saving money every month so that eventually you can have a better life when you're 50 or 60 years old. That's easy. Everybody understands that. Sure, if you sacrifice every month and put money away, you'll have more money when you're older. Duh, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, Steve, you're 16 and you might not realize this yet, but the rest of you do. You will and you do pay rent. Look at your monthly bills. Now, every single month you pay all your bills and one of those bills is your rent and you only YOLO. You only live that great life with the money that you have after you pay the rent because you want someplace to be able to come home and sleep after you've traveled the world. Yeah, you only use the money after all your bills are paid. But I want you to philosophically think about this now. All you need to do is make that sacrifice up front, not every single month, some point at the beginning of your life or pick a chunk of time right now and do it for the next three months, six months, 12 months, whatever. And then all you need to do is come up with a down payment. And that can be as low as 3% down or even less, zero if it's a VA loan or if you can find some down payment assistance programs as the market starts to shift a little bit. Then what you do is you pay a mortgage instead of your rent. Now, that's not sacrificing any of your trips money or your YOLO money. This is moving your rent money from one place to another. You're moving your rent money into something else. That's it you still have the same payout at the end of the month, just like you did when you paid all your bills and your rent. Now you pay all your bills and your mortgage. And whatever money's left over after that, you can still go out and live your best life. And if you've got roommates, well, here's the cool thing. You're gonna be paying the same thing like you always do, but now your roommates, they're actually paying to fund your future. And all you do is just pay your fair share, just like you were going to do as a renter anyway. Okay, did that make sense? If it didn't, please rewind and listen to that again. That's the philosophy. So back to Lily. Another great thing about Lily's story is she knew her salary as a teacher wasn't going to be huge. So she did some sick planning, actually. 
She was really forward thinking and had some killer long term clarity, knowing that she wanted to follow her passion in her future, but also realizing that eh, teacher salary is not going to make her rich. And she just wants stability. So she started planning and actually used the years in her 20s. And that's just begun. She just turned 20. <laughs> but she's using going to be using that time, I should say, to invest that would be wasted rent money into something that will finance her emotional desire to follow her dreams without the need to sacrifice her passion to teach and only needing to make an average salary to live an above average life. That gang is how you get true work-life balance. You want to have your life and your emotional stability and make sure that you're taking care of your mental health? Cool. Finance it. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you start this plan early, you're going to be financially set up that you can go ahead and follow your dreams and you don't have to listen to the man. You don't have to be beat down by the corporate empire. You're going to be in a position where you're going to be financially stable and be able to do what you want and you don't have to ask someone to pay you tons of money to do it. Now, don't hate on me for being some crotchety old guy giving you advice that you hate to hear. Sacrifice now and you can make rewards later. I told you guys I'm with you. I know that statement makes you cringe and want to scream back at me. Don't push your values on me, boomer. I am going to be emotionally healthy. I'm not going to let my career, my job define my happiness. I'm not going to work later extra because I need the money and I'm definitely not going to give up any of my PDOs for my mental health. Hey, dude, I'm with you. Hear me out. This is the best plan to beat the system so you can keep your mental health and reward yourself. If you can find a way to never have to pay rent, then that money that you're already slated to spend, you already said, I'm going to spend rent and live on my own at some point in your life. But if you never have to do that, you turn it into something that provides you what you need anyway, the shelter, but also works as an investment for your future, then you're going to be able to do whatever you want because you're going to have tens of hundreds of thousands of extra dollars waiting for you that you would not have earned if you were a renter. And remember, you've already planned to be a renter. But hey, you don't have to. If you're not planning on buying a house, then you've already planned to be a renter. So maybe we can fix that plan. Let's change that plan. I don't know if it's going to happen in a year or two years or three years, but it might happen a lot sooner than you think if you get started with a plan. And if you're looking for that plan, howtobuyahome.com is the place to find it. Everything you need is right there. I'm super excited. Can't wait to do more interviews. And if another 19-year-old hits me up on TikTok and tells me that they bought a house, my video producer, who is no longer 19, and the inner me of myself at 19 is going to probably commit Harry Carey in the studio. It's wonderful to hear and highly discouraging and massively regretful for the rest of us. Thanks, all you kids who are smart. No, seriously, I'm happy for everybody. I hope that you understand that with the podcast and everything at howtobuyahome.com, on the YouTube, on the TikTok, on the Instagram, if you get all that information, look, maybe you're going to start a little later than 19, maybe 29, maybe 39. But hey, if you hadn't taken a look at all that information, you would have started even later than that. So get planning, get on it. I know you can do it. How about you? Do you know you can do this?